Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Jesus a big shout in this place. Lord Jesus, we thank you today that we do not have to be afraid. Lord, you've removed all of our fears. We thank you. As Pastor Ray has already said, you're in this place. And in your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is security. There is salvation. Lord, there is strength. There is the removal of every fear and every burden of life. And Lord, we thank you that there is perfect peace in this place. So Lord, we just want to thank you today. Oh, you take such good care of us. Every, every eventuality of our lives is covered. And Lord, we never forget that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. And Lord, we've cried out to you in our panic. We've cried out to you in our fears. We've cried out to you, Lord. Lord, just wanting direction and wanting to know which way to go. And you have always, always come to our aid. And we just want to thank you for that. We just want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for never closing your ears, for never turning your back on us. Oh God, we love you and we praise you. In this place, we pray now as your word is spoken. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would have your way in this place. And your word like seed would go into our heart. And prepare us and strengthen us in our walk and the future days ahead of us. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Fantastic. You may be seated. Let's thank our musicians this morning as they take their seats. Isn't it fantastic to have Pastor Ray home with us? Awesome. Had an amazing trip in America and Canada. God is revolutionizing churches by the message of grace that Pastor Ray is carrying uh, to them. And I tell you, do you know when Pastor Ray was, um, was bringing that word to us this morning? For me, I was just stood there. And do you know what I said to Jesus? You see, not all of us are sick in our bodies. I said to Jesus, I said, Lord, go through me and make me whole. He's the God who makes us whole. He's the overseer of our souls. The Bible says that. He's the caretaker. And he knows what's needed in his property. I'm his property. You're his property. And as he goes through our lives I became aware of that this morning. I thought, Lord, you know what? I want you to go through all of the broken places in my life. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Lord, go through those broken areas of my mind. Go through those broken areas of my heart. Go through my broken life and make it whole. He's the God who heals our bodies. He's the God that makes us whole. And I believe, do you know, as we just open and as we just take those moments, like Pastor Ray said, that was a moment where Jesus was walking through this place. I was just crying out for wholeness. And I don't even know some of the areas that I need to be made whole in. But I'm telling you now, Jesus does. He does. And it's just having that openness and that expectation to say, Lord, 
Lord, whatever it, whatever's required in my life to be made whole, to be healed, have your way. Have your way. He's here to make us whole. Amen. Over the last weeks, we've been looking at Psalm 86. We picked up on a phrase that uh, a heart cry, really, from David's heart. Lord, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. It was a cry from David's heart to the Lord. You see, David didn't want God to be a bystander in his life. God, David didn't just want God, the Lord, to be an observer. David wanted a day-to-day, moment-by-moment encounter, a relationship with the Lord as his teacher. And for me, when I read that, when I think about that, I get excited because I realize that God actually wants to help me. He wants to help you. He wants to teach us in the ways of life, in how to live, in how to go into all of the things that He's planned for us. And when our heart cries to Him, when our heart beckons Him and says, Lord, teach me. Do you know what? I believe as the Lord hears that cry from our heart, His heart is filled with joy. His heart, His heart is so ready to help us. His heart is so willing to, to be involved in our lives and to bring the necessary correction, the necessary adjustment so that we can walk in the truth. We can walk and live in the power of His ways. Week before last, we started to think about the grace of God. Paul when he, when he spoke to Titus, he encouraged Titus, and he, he revealed something wonderful about God's grace. He said to Titus, he said, it's the grace of God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. It's the grace of God, Titus, that will instruct you, that will guide you, that will enable you to discern what's right and what's wrong and will enable you to say no to anything that's outside of God's best, God's blessing for your life. You see, grace as a teacher will walk beside you through life. Grace as a teacher will be there every moment of every day instructing you. And when you need to make those big decisions, when you're unsure what to do, Grace as the voice of teacher will enable you to say yes to some things and no to other things. You know, we mentioned that it's not easy sometimes to say no. It's easy. It would be far easier just to say yes to everything so that we could please people. You know, sometimes when you say no, when you stand up and you say no to somebody or you say no to a situation... It can be really difficult. And lots of times we use a million and one words instead of just the one word that we need to appropriate. No, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to go that way. No, I've made this decision. Very often we find it hard to say no because it has lots and lots of negative connotations, lots and lots of consequences attached to it. And we realize that, but you see, our futures 
are not just built on saying yes to everything. Our futures have to have a balance of yes and no. Our futures have to have some, sometimes a strong no in them in order for us to go forward and do what God wants us to do. Do you know I feel some, there are some here this morning and you are, you are feeling the repercussions, the hard, severe repercussions in your relationships as a result of saying no. You've said no. No, I, I, I can't do this anymore. No, I, I can't go with that. No, that, that, that's not in God's plan. No, and as a result of saying no, you, you're feeling the harsh repercussions of, of evil circumstances coming to you as a result of just one word, no. No. But listen, I'm telling you now, look through the Bible and you're in good company. You're in good company. Joseph, Joseph said one word, no, and he got landed in prison for two years. One word, one decision, one situation in his life, it would have been easy to have said yes to Potiphar's wife. It would have been easy to just hide it away and, and carry on in Potiphar's house, just under the, under the, the favor of his master. Potiphar's wife comes up to Joseph one day and she, she wants to sleep with him. And Joseph just, he just can't do it. And he just says, no, I can't do this. And as a result of that, he felt all of the, the, the repercussions and the consequences of that one word came down on him. And as a result of it, unjustly, he got thrown in prison. No, sometimes can get you into trouble, and trouble that you've not even caused. Repercussions that, that you don't even deserve come as a result of a righteous no. But you see, it's the grace of God that's instructing you to say no. Be confident this morning. It's God's grace that's, that's giving you that strength. It's, it's not just your emotions. It's not that you're just being unreasonable. It's not that, you know, you're just digging your heels in and being stubborn and proud. No, it's the gentle grace of God that has instructed you. You can't. When, when, when life demands a no, when God demands a no from you, you can't turn around and say yes. Now, we're not talking about just, you know, being angry and railing out. No, I'm not doing that. And you dig your heels in. I've done that sometimes. But that's not the grace of God that we're talking about. But the grace of God does teach you to say no. No. Think about Daniel. Daniel, he got chucked in a, in a furnace with his friends, his, fr his three friends, as a result of saying, no, no. And he didn't, you know, he didn't rebuke the king. He didn't, you know, he didn't get on his self-righteous horse and, you know, pronounce judgment. He just said, no, no, we can't do this anymore. No. And he carried on praying. And then years later, another instance came up after all of the input that he'd had into the, into the, into the Babylonian empire and all of the wisdom and all of the blessing came 
And then suddenly another issue arose. Another circumstance came his way where, you know, there was a situation where, where they wanted him to compromise and suddenly he had to say no again. No. And as a result, he got thrown to the lions. No. Sometimes can get you in trouble. No, sometimes can really have some heavy, heavy repercussions. But listen, child of God, you've been instructed by His grace. And if He is instructing you and teaching you to say no, you, you, you can't say anything else. You really can't. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And it's not easy. It's not easy. When... You know, you're faced with life situations and the pressure is on. And it's really costly. And it's really difficult. But you know what? God's grace has taught you. God's grace has let, led you. And therefore, we have to go with that. Do you know, in your body, in your body, God has created a no in your body, in your very body. Your immune system is that defense system that keeps you here alive on the earth. Just imagine if your immune system said yes to anything. Just imagine if your, your immune system decided to give up on the no. Do you know what would happen? You'd die from a common cold. The, the, the simplest cold, the simplest ailment would, would wipe you out. But in order to attain health, in order to get some longevity in your life, your immune system is working round the clock, moment by moment by moment, day after day, assessing, discerning what to let in and what to keep out, what to say yes to and what to say no to. Do you know when we are sick and ill, and we get a bit of man flu. Anybody had a bit of man flu? We've all had a bit of man flu. It's because somehow an infection has come through your immunity. It's got by that nose somehow, and it's put you flat on your back. And it's like that in our lives. Sometimes, you know, I told you a couple of funny stories a few weeks ago where, you know, I've said yes to things that I should have said no to. And I've said no to things I should have said yes to. And you know, the, the consequences of those simple choices. Sometimes I've had a high price tag. You know, and we all are familiar with that. We've, we're all familiar with the mistakes that we've made. But thank God that the grace of God comes as an instructor, as a teacher, comes alongside you and says, hey, Dave. You got it wrong. You didn't listen to me last time. Look, look what happened. I'm going to help you again. Here it is again, Dave. Now listen, Dave. It's time to say no to this once and for all. And you're, 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 you're impatient and you're impulsive and you're ready to make a wrong decision again. And, you know, sometimes you just fall headlong into, into wrong decision after wrong decision. But sometimes you listen to that grace of God. You listen to the teacher and you're able to come on through and walk into everything that he wants you to walk in. You know, the grace of God 
is a teacher. That's what Paul says. That's what Paul reveals. He wants to talk to you. And he's patient. God's grace is so, so patient with us. On another occasion, Paul, talking about the law, he said, the law is a taskmaster. He didn't say when talking about the law that the law was a teacher. He says the law is a taskmaster. Now the taskmaster was, he, he oversaw slaves. In Egypt, when the children of Israel were building the cities for the Egyptians, they were overseen by taskmasters. And the taskmaster would get his whip out and he would work the people of God. He would demand more and more and more to the point where they could give no more and yet they would comp continue to demand more than they could ever give and there was no th th there was no coming alongside there was no help there was no strength in fact you can read it in Exodus, they even took away the straw that they needed to make the bricks and they said, "Make more bricks and that 's what the law does it demands perfection. It demands, it demands work and effort. And, and the more effort and the more work that you give, the more demand that is placed on you. And, but the law will never ever, the taskmaster will never ever be content with your contribution. It sees you as a slave. That's how it sees you. But grace doesn't see you as a slave. Grace sees you as a son and a daughter. And grace doesn't take the role as, of taskmaster. Grace takes the role as teacher, as instructor, as helper, as one that comes alongside, one that gives you the discernment and the help to be able to say no to the things that you may have formerly said yes to. Empowers you, you see. Paul, who wrote to Titus, he had an amazing understanding. I think we all know that. He had an amazing understanding of God's grace. But he also knew the dilemma that we're all in. He, he knew about the tensions in his own life. He knew how difficult it was sometimes to say yes to the things that you should say no to. And no to the things that you should say yes to. He writes about it in Romans chapter 7. In fact, chapter 7 is Paul wrestling with himself. And when you read the chapter, it's almost like this guy is in a terrible, terrible fight internally. He says this in verse 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that's what I do. He can't stop himself. He's trying his hardest in his own strength. At this point in his life, grace is not his teacher. At this point in Paul's life, Paul is looking back at a time where he's trying to live for God in his own power, in his own strength. Grace isn't alongside him teaching him to say no to unrighteousness. 
and ungodliness. So he's trying to go forward in his own strength without Christ as a real religious man, doing everything right externally, but internally, everything's going wrong. I'm trying to do this, but I can't do it. I'm trying to be religious. I'm trying to be good. But at the end of it all, I find myself doing the very thing that I hate doing. Grace wasn't alongside teaching him, you see, and instructing him. He was doing it in his own strength. At the end of Romans chapter 7, Paul comes to the end of himself and he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. I just can't do this. I, I, I've reached the end of myself. And then suddenly, suddenly in that moment where he comes to the end of himself, you hear him go into Romans chapter 8 and he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, when you come to the end of yourself and you can't go on, grace doesn't leave you there. Grace comes and rescues you, saves you, and enables you to do what you can't do. It becomes your teacher. becomes your teacher for life and for living. And it enables you. I had this question. What if, what if we don't listen to grace as our teacher? What if we say yes when we should say no? No when we should say yes. What if grace is patient and comes alongside us and keeps on encouraging us and we keep on going our own way and doing our own thing. What happens then? Does grace give up on us? No. Does grace desert us? Never. Impossible. Paul in Romans 5 says this. Verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. If you, don't, if you don't obey the teaching of grace to say no when you should say no, guess what happens? You get more grace. You get more grace. I'm telling you, man. God just keeps abounding His grace on you. He keeps loving you through your, your decisions. And even when you're getting it wrong, Grace abounds. Where sin abounds, grace superabounds. Superabounds. More than abounds. And suddenly, you're overcome by God's goodness. You're overcome by God's grace. And you cannot do anything but surrender and submit to perfect love. It'll get you in the end. Love will get you in the end. We can run as far as we want to run. We can, you know, we can rebel. We can, we can make decision after decision that's wrong. But I tell you, love will get us in the end. Grace abounds. In the midst of abounding sin, grace super abounds. Paul the Apostle had an amazing understanding of God's grace. He said to the Ephesians, that it was saving grace. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, it's by grace. It's by grace that you've been saved. 
The grace of God came right at that moment where we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Grace was the first on the scene. It was grace, by grace, that you were saved, that you were rescued, that you were brought from death into life in Christ. Grace, through Christ Jesus, has brought you into this new life. Grace has saved us by grace. We've been saved through faith, not of ourselves, that any man should boast. But through Christ Jesus, we've been saved. Also, Paul, talking to his son, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Paul said this to Timothy. You see, the, the grace of God saves us. The grace of God wants to teach us. But also, the grace of God, Paul said to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong, Timothy, in this grace. This grace isn't just going to teach you what to say no to and what to say yes to. It's going to do that. It's going to change your life. It's going to have dramatic effects on your experience. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to, as a result of saying no uh, uh, to ungodliness and unrighteousness and everything that's outside of the life of God for you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to enable you to live a wonderful, glorious life. But this grace doesn't just save you and teach you. Be strong in this grace. What was he talking about? The grace that's in Christ Jesus. Well, Jesus, I tell you now, nobody exemplified grace and the power of it like Jesus. Nobody. Nobody on the face of this planet has ever been so graceful and gracious as Jesus. John, in his opening, uh, in his opening gospel, says about Jesus, he said, We beheld His glory, that of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth full of grace. Jesus met life every day, like we meet life every day, with its challenges, with its conflicts, with all of the confusing situations that met him. He met it with grace. He met it with grace, even amidst his disciples that deserted him, even amidst the confusion when he was in the upper room on the Last Supper and disciple couldn't even serve one another, he met it all with grace. Life just simply revealed him as gracious. Life with all of its complexities and all of its variances, variances was just simply there to reveal how gracious he was to a lost and a broken world in a garden. When his disciples had fallen asleep, we see his grace there. He could have condemned them. He could have said, boys, it's over. You can't even, you can't even stay awake. In, in the most critical hour of my life, you can't even be there. There was none of that grace. Instruction, yes, but grace was over it all. And then whipped 
whipped and beaten and mocked and interrogated. And the Bible says that he opened not his mouth like a lamb before it shear us. He was quiet and still. Grace, that's the strength of this grace. That's the power of it. It's active. It's not passive. It doesn't stand on the, on the sidelines testing you, seeing if you're going to stand or fall. This grace is a strength that, that is active within us that enables us to live and face life as God's people, as God's church. And even on a cross, whipped, beaten, dying unjustly amongst two thieves. He says, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That's grace. And Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, I can see the pressure you're under. I can see the life around you and the circumstances that are facing you and the church and the culture that you're in. Be strong in this grace, Timothy. Don't rely on your own strength. Don't rely on your own emotions. Rely on the strength of grace that is in Christ Jesus. In our workplaces, in our homes, we've got to access that grace. In our relationships, in church, let's access the strength of that grace. Giving them a piece of your mind doesn't work. It doesn't work. It might work for a moment, but then the repercussions and the consequences that ensue as a result of that are hard. Be strong, he says, in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're in our closing moments today. He talks about, Paul talks about an abundance of grace. Saving grace, grace that teaches us, grace that strengthens us, but an abundance of grace. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Grace is going to enable you to have the abundance that you need for every good work. You're not going to have to do it in your own strength. We're not going to have to do it just from a, simply our own resources. There's an all-sufficient, abounding grace available to us. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, Paul says, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly. You see, the power of God's grace enabled Paul to work and labor and serve Jesus more abundantly than all. Yet not I, he says, but the grace of God which was within me. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 and 9, Paul talking about now the sufficiency of God's grace. He says, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times. 
Paul had what he termed as a, a thorn in the flesh. Something in his life that man just really, really brought, brought him down. Now this guy was shipwrecked. This guy was beaten. This, this guy had untold, you know, I mean, the amount of stuff that hit this guy was unbelievable. But you don't ask him, you don't, you don't hear him asking to be relieved of those sufferings because Jesus at the beginning of his life told him that he would suffer for his name's sake. But there was something that got Paul that brought him to his knees. It wasn't a prison. It wasn't a shipwreck. It wasn't all of the persecutions that he faced. There was something that got Paul and he said, I pleaded with the Lord over it. I pleaded with God. Oh, please, God, rid me of this messenger from Satan. It's getting me down. It's a moment in his life where he was so weak. We've all been there, church. Maybe not. I, I don't think I've been there. I certainly haven't been there to that degree. But we've all had issues where, and the issues brought us to our knees. The issue has brought us to a brick wall, a dead end, where we don't know what to do or where to go. But Paul, even in that moment, talks and reveals an all-sufficient grace. He says this, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, the grace of God, when it's present in your life, causes you to reinterpret situations and circumstances that you might be asking deliverance from. He started to boast about the very thing that he pleaded God to remove from his life. He started to accept it and embrace it because that very thing that he didn't want in his life was the very reason why God's grace was more sufficient on him than it had ever been. Sometimes we go through things and we face things and we think, oh God, please just get me out of here. Get me out of here, please. And God says, no, this is a moment that you're going to walk through. This is something that you're going to have all sufficient grace for. Maybe today, grace is at your side and you realize that you have to say no to some things that you've been saying yes to. Hey, listen, this isn't anything heavy. This is grace coming to your side. You know he's opened your eyes to things. Look, do you know what? I've, I've just got to say no to that. I'm, I'm just going to stop that. Your future is important to God. And He wants you to enter into everything that He's destined your life to be. And you're just going to have to say no. For, for others, you, you've said no. And it's brought big repercussions as a result of no. That's not right. No, that's not what the grace of God teaches. No, that's the wrong direction. But God encourages you today and says, listen, you're in good company. 
because he will set you free from the prison that others have incarcerated you in. He will deliver you from that fiery trial, that fiery furnace that others carelessly throw you into or that lion's den that they think is going to cause your, the plan of God to end in your life. No, when you say no to things that the grace of God instructs you to say no to, God will bring you through. All things will work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to His purpose. It's impossible for anything to work against you when God is working things for you. Amen? Amen. Father, today we just thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your precious people. Oh, God, you see the pressures that, that the unseen pressures that come on our lives. Lord, some of those pressures are from a very, un, a very real unseen world that's wicked and evil. And we don't get spooky about it, but it's real. And Lord, it wants to, it wants to try and destroy us. And it wants to pressure, pressure us. But Lord, we just thank you that your grace guides us on through. Your grace instructs us and teaches us and helps us to walk in your ways. Lord, I thank you for your people today. Lord, for, 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 for some of us, Lord, we've, we've got to say no. There's going to be decisions next week and in the months to come that we're going to have to just say no to. Help us to say it well. Help us, not, help us, not, help us to not say no angrily or bitterly, but just confidently and clearly. And with a gentle heart, with a gentle heart, Lord, as grace would guide us. Lord, we ask this for your glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. That the love of God the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with all of us, with all of us, in Jesus' name.